to a Healing Peace podcast. My name is Kimir Baker. We have a treat for you. We ask the question, how do women respond when life or people hurt us? The remainder of this podcast is on this subject. Also, just for our podcast listeners, we are providing an assessment that identifies where you are in dealing with emotional hurt. After you listen, give us a podcast review. Take a picture of it and email it to free at ahealingpeace.com with the subject review. Once we receive your email, we will send you a link for the assessment. Let's get started. Welcome back. This episode is our seventh episode in this wonderful series where we explore women's responses when people or life experiences hurt us. In our last episode, we talked about how God longs for us, how he too experiences loss when we're not with him. If you haven't had an opportunity to listen, I recommend go back and listen. You will not be disappointed. Let's dive right into today's episode. During conflict, I'm sure that most people have questioned God's ability to intervene on our behalf. I know I shared that earlier. We may want to know if he is there with us during difficulties. We may then ask the question, hey, if you're there, why must I endure this hardship? When will you vindicate me from this situation? For me, I usually think this way when I know I didn't do anything wrong. I want justice. I'm pretty sure that you may feel this way at one particular time or another in your life. Like the previous episode, I want to highlight God's character. I want to focus on God's perception of us as we endure conflict. Sometimes our pain can be so unbearable that we question God's power as well as his love for us. We may just feel abandoned by him. Before we look at God's character, I want to share my own frustration during conflict. Back in the day, I started a new position. I really was enjoying my new job. I was learning new things. As I stated previously, I'm in IT. My boss appeared to be very down to earth and flexible. She was so flexible that she allowed us to leave early on Fridays. Due to the early weekends, I created a new habit of going to the movies. I couldn't believe my newfound fortunes. Yes, it was wonderful. But that work honeymoon didn't last long. No, it didn't. Something shifted in the workplace and everything I touched blew up. And when I say blew up, I mean it. One day, I went, pushed the button, turned on the computer, and it stopped working. I lost all of my work. Before the computer failed, I started to have difficulties in delivering my work. I was not able to understand the new technology. My boss, she started to become just angry. She was angry. She was just always angry at me. She had conversations about me to my peers to her peers indicating my failures she also did not speak to me 
because she was so mad at me. And then after the computer fiasco, you know what she did? She called me in her office. She expressed her concern over my performance. And I was surprised what came next out of her mouth. She was like, come here, are you on drugs? I'll tell you, the manner in which she communicated with me, like I've never experienced that level of just hate or just anger. So I'm gonna tell you what I did. You ain't gonna believe it, but I did. I couldn't help myself. It just, it just all just happened at once. Why did I start crying? Yes, I did. I started boohooing right in front of her. I, I was so angry at myself for showing this sign of weakness because I thought crying was a sign of weakness. At the time, after, after her seeing me cry, she just looked at me with a blank stare. She was like, hey. I'm placing you on probation. In that probation, I had to report weekly to the HR department. I really did feel like or felt like an incompetent schoolgirl. I knew she didn't like me. And at the moment, I also thought that I was going to lose my job. So I was fearful. I was fearful and, and just hurt. Just hurt. I was also like, man, I don't deserve this treatment. Well, my fault the computer blew up. I was trying my best. I like who wants to do all that? In that time, I definitely wanted God to intervene on my behalf. I wanted him to show everyone that they was wrong to treat me like that. Yes. That was me. As usual, you know, I got a little Bible story that goes with this. In the sense of pleading with God on my behalf and, and, and stopping my affliction. Sometime later in life, I end up reading Isaiah 63, 9. In this passage, Isaiah describes God bearing the affliction of his people. When his people were afflicted, he was afflicted. Isaiah continues to proclaim that God's love and tenderness, like in it, he's going to redeem his people. Now, when I first read this passage, I thought, okay. So God, are you telling me that you feel my pain? You know that I'm in pain? And not only do you know that I'm in pain, but you feel it too? Really? And then it was like, but hey, you know, you could have done something to stop all that now. But as I read the passage, it really reveals that God will redeem me in his love and tenderness. During the situation at my job, I didn't feel God's presence at the time. I sure didn't. And instead, I, I, I was enduring hardship. I became fearful. But as I reread verse 9, um, you know, I, I noticed something about God. And that is that he's furious with those who pursue evil and destroy others. Like he wants righteousness and justice for his people. Instead, no one acted righteously. God being God, he was like, hey, I'm looking. I'm looking for people who can help bring forth righteousness and justice. Since there wasn't any, he had to act. He brought salvation and destroyed those who did evil. Now, not once in the picture is God depicted as someone who likes evil or condones it. 
So when you see this, you may be like, oh, see, that's God being mean again. He's bringing down fire on people. And that's, that's, that's not the case at all. Like, God doesn't want to destroy you. He wants to remove the evil actions that we do. I, he wants to see that the power of sin and evilness doesn't control us. So, so when we see him responding in this manner, we're actually seeing him respond in the context of destroying the power of sin and evil so that we can be set free from it. Yes, he wants us to be set free. He, wa- he wants us to not be consumed by sin, but rather have freedom in Christ. In Christ, you know, hey, we gain our salvation. Now, let's go back to verse 8. In verse 8, God says once more that he has his people. I always say, he got me. He got you. In his people, you know, they pursue truth. And in that, God becomes their savior. God's expectation is for his people to pursue truth and righteousness. So when his people are afflicted, he too is afflicted. I want you to realize something important about these statements now. This is this is actually pretty heavy. And that is that the Bible reveals that we will be afflicted. It did not say that God will deliver us from experiencing evil altogether. Instead, it states that when we do experience it, he experiences the same anguish as we do. That God bonds with us during our affliction. The, the scriptures also states that he saves us after we endure the affliction. You know, God will, in his love and tenderness, save us. Now, this actually means that God will extend love and tenderness to us during painful circumstances. He also possesses a determination to redeem us from its grasp. Like, whoa, please, we lose those grips on me. And he does this by not wanting the power of sin and evil to destroy us. I want to go back to the story in the beginning when I dealt with poor treatment with my job. It was a difficult experience. Yes, it was. I struggled with others viewing me in confidence that self-doubt, that thing was there, was lingering. This perception became deadly because I'm, I'm always trying to be perfect. But the day I left my boss's office crying and boohooing, I walked past a coworker who had a Bible sitting on her desk. I started to inform her of my boss, and she stopped me in my tracks. She was like, Mm-mm-mm-mm. we ain't about to go do that here. What we're going to do is we're going to go out to lunch. I'm going to have another co-worker come, and we're going to talk. She was a wise woman because she didn't want to do bad mouthing in the, in the work so other people can hear it. Anyways, we finally make it to lunch. I told the woman everything. My failures at work, my probation, my boss comments, my boss comments about me to others. I told them everything. I did cry just for a little bit, but I was a little bit more indignant too because like, it was like, I feel like it was her fault. But anyways, once I finished talking, my coworker looked directly at me and stated, you do not know who you are. I stared blankly 
she continued. You do not know that you are God's child. You lack faith. I thought about her statements. It was sombering and I nodded in agreement. Sobering. Thank you. I did not know the power of God. I definitely did not walk around as if we both owned the place. Instead, I became fearful and timid. As time progressed, I did eventually join the little Bible study group at the work that my coworker led every Wednesday during lunch. And every Wednesday during lunch, she did the same lesson on faith. And she stated, she said, I'm not going to change this lesson because somebody needs it desperately. I'm raising my hand because it was me at the time. We both knew that she was talking about me. And I'll tell you that we we built a camaraderie. We were like a support team for each other every day at work. Sometimes I will still be reminded of my failures. And then I decided, hey, it's time for me to pursue new job opportunities. Eventually, I stopped trying to run and I realized that God was attempting to address my lack of faith. I continued the Bible lessons over time. I also realized God not only was addressing my faith, but he wanted me to learn something important. I needed to learn that everything I did must go through him. I felt miserably at work because I attempted to do everything on my own strength. I wanted to be noticed because in my mind, I was good. I wanted to demonstrate that I could learn anything. My actions were solely based on my achievements. Simply, I was overcompensating for my self-doubt of not being intelligent. During that season, though, God wanted me to learn that he was the source of all my achievements. In fact, I could do nothing without his help. Mm -mm. He was my helper. God told me, girl, you better recognize I'm your power in your life, baby. Mm -hmm. As I began to embrace this understanding, my boss transferred to a new department. Of course, I was extremely happy. Thank you. Despite having a new boss, God did not allow me to leave my job as I hoped. Because remember, I was applying, I was looking. Under my new boss, I learned how to be responsible for my own actions. I did. I blamed everybody for everything. And in the process, it was prohibiting me from being successful. God didn't want me to blame shift. He wanted me to address that. And in the process of addressing it over time, he wanted me to excel so that he could be glorified. He wanted the credit. He cared more about my righteousness and his faithfulness. What did God want us to understand about his character during conflict? First, as I stated previously, God is not the author of sin. He does not desire sin or other sin to prevail in our lives. In fact, God hates sin and its oppression. He does not remove us from experiencing harm or hurt. On the contrary, he feels our pain and walks with us during the journey. God provides help to mold and shape our character. He calls us to faith in him 
while he showers us with his love and tenderness. We serve a God who cares about every dimension of our well-being, even if it means that we will endure challenges. Thus, you guys, the call remains to return to him during the conflict. Let him tend to every aspect of our being. All right, now, you know what we're about to say. We want to hear from you. We want to know how do you view God during conflict. Go to ahealingpeace.com. Share your thoughts with us. And while you're there, look out for the companion workbook that goes with this lesson. It will keep you moving forward. See you next time. This concludes our podcast. Please go to ahealingpeace.com for the workbook and to leave us feedback. Don't forget to write us a podcast review. Send that email to free at a healing piece dot com.